Grace and peace be with you from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lent is traditionally a time when you reflect upon the doctrines of the church, when you reflect upon catechesis, if you will. You can just hear it in the word, can't you? Catechism, doctrine. And we know what it's all about. We've studied it before. At least many of us have. In fact, Luther's catechism, not the small one, the one with the large by its title, is actually a combination, a compilation, if you will, of Luther's sermons that he preached on the various topics modified to fit into a book form. That's where the large catechism comes from. Lent is a time to relook and refocus upon catechesis, upon doctrine, upon that dry, boring book, the small catechism. But you know, it doesn't have to be dry, and it doesn't have to be boring. It becomes dry and boring when we look at it as simply something to do and not as something to discuss, not as theology to think about, to dwell on to talk about. But before we can go there, I have to ask a question. Before we dig into the catechism, we have to ask that question, how's your prayer life? How has your prayer life been lately? Do you pray often? Are you happy with your prayer life? Could it be better? Do you pray before meals or before bed? Are there other times that you pray as well? Do you wish you prayed more? You see, when Lent begins, it tends to be a focus on catechesis. And if we go all the way back to the beginning, Ash Wednesday, the typical reading is actually Matthew 6. And in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about three things. First is mercy giving, sometimes called alms. He also talks about fasting. And then right at the heart of that, he talks about prayer. He talks about how we are to pray. And in fact, he gives us a prayer. He gives us his prayer, the Lord's prayer, the great outline of all prayers. The prayer that we pray in church, but also the prayer that teaches us how we ought to pray. We pray to our Father in heaven. We, are, we define who we're praying to. We ask that his will is done. We know that God's will is done, but we ask that His will is done among us. We know that His name is is hallowed, is holy, but we ask that His name be holy among us. We ask our Lord to give us our daily bread, those things that we need to sustain life. We ask our Lord to forgive us our sins. And then we say it again every week that we will forgive the sins of those who have sinned against us. Something easy to say and hard to do. And then we get to that one petition. That one petition that seems a little confusing. Lead us not into temptation. Our Lord never leads us into temptation. He allows tests into our lives, things that will ultimately draw us closer to Him. 
We live in a sinful world. There will be suffering. There will be pain. But our Lord does not lead us into temptation. In this petition, a lot of times what we're asking our Lord is to stop us as we walk ourselves into temptation. To stop us from making our own path into a place where we should not go. But yet, this petition is at the heart of our gospel reading today. It's at the heart of our gospel reading today because while our Lord never leads us into temptation, notice what He does to Jesus. Jesus, who fasted 40 days, is led by the Spirit, is led by God into the wilderness for the specific task of being tempted. That Jesus would face temptation. Now it's impossible not to to recognize the similarities here. Jesus is going after 40 days and the Israelites spent 40 years. And Jesus is tempted much like the Israelites of old were tempted. That they in the wilderness were tempted by the devil. That they in the wilderness were tempted with their own glory. We're tempted with the quick fix. We're tempted to set their eyes on anything other than God. And so Christ is tempted. He is tempted with the quick fix. Just turn the rock into bread. He's tempted with his own glory. His own glory in this sinful world. That he could be set up. That he could have all this authority over this sinful and distorted world. He is tempted By the devil. But unlike the Israelites, the Israelites who fail, Jesus does not fail. But you see, Luke wants you to see something more. He wants you to see deeper into this text. Because you see, it's not just the Israelites who spent 40 years in the wilderness who are tempted, it's not just the Israelites who failed in the task of temptation, it's all of humankind. It's all of mankind. And Luke words things in a unique way. He kind of words things in just the right way to let you know that you need to go much further back than just the Israelites in the wilderness. But you can go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve who ate the forbidden fruit, who were tempted by the very glory, the glory of themselves. And they failed. And the Israelites, tempted with the same thing, failed. And so again, when it comes to Jesus, the devil tempts Jesus in the same way he's done time and time again with great success. Except this time, Jesus doesn't fall for it. Jesus is tempted, but Jesus overcomes. Jesus glorifies his heavenly Father Jesus directs it not towards his glory, not towards a quick fix, but the will of his heavenly Father. And this helps us as well. As we think about this, as we think about this petition in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. We will find ourselves in temptation. We'll lead ourselves there. It's not going to be God that leads us there. It will be ourselves that lead ourselves with our own two feet, with our own mind. We will lead ourselves into temptation. 
But we need to remember that it's about not our glory, not our quick fixes, but it is about our Heavenly Father. Our good works that we do are not for us. They're not for our sake. They cannot earn us anything. They are for our neighbor. The things that we do, the people that we are, are for the glory of our Heavenly Father. And we rejoice in this. We rejoice in this because we know that we don't need, we do not need our own glory. We do not need all of those things that the devil tries to throw our way, for we have Jesus. Because you see, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when we go after the, the glory of our Heavenly Father, Sometimes when we try to glorify our Heavenly Father and we try to glorify the Son, things ultimately look, well, they look backwards. They look wrong. What I mean by that is all you have to do is look no further than the cross. The cross of Christ seemed so wrong to those that were there, seemed so wrong to anybody with two eyes that a man would suffer and die in an innocent man. But yet it was the will of God, and it was to give glory to His heavenly Father, that through Him and through this work, He would redeem, well, us, you and me, that we would be redeemed through the very work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it is with us, that we as Christians, as we walk in our daily lives, do not need to seek after our own glory. We are redeemed. We have been forgiven. Instead, we use our good works to help those around us, knowing that we have already received the very riches of God, the very riches of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as a free gift. You are forgiven of your sins. You are redeemed by Christ crucified. And so we pray. Lead us not into temptation. So we pray that God would lead us to something that glorify His name and that does His will. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us now stand as we...